and welcome to this week's slightly later episode of Urbane Legends, the infotainment podcast about urban legends, where the info shaky and any claims of tainment would be highly controversial. I am one of your hosts, Chris Flynn, and with me, as always, is my brother-in-arms, Mr. Neil Herbert. Well, that's why we put that lengthy disclaimer, that legal disclaimer in the description. And I we, were, yeah. we were advised by our council... Yeah. Um, but and I don't mean legal counsel. I mean Brighton Hove City Council. They um, yeah. they advised us that we should start start putting that like in. Like called Tony Council. Yeah. Oh, we're Brighton Hove Council. Yeah. Hello, I'm Tony Council. He hangs you know around. Um... I like what you're doing, but I think you need to put a disclaimer at the front, middle, and end of this because you, you could get yourself in lots of hot water. You know. Um, just, because <laughs> I, he sounded, you, he sounded like you knew what he was talking about. Yeah, he sounded all right. Yeah, he had um, he had a tie that was made of paper and everything. It's yeah. great. Um, made out of Chris, old Christmas Christmas oh. wrapping paper. Oh, thrifty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you won't you won't catch you won't catch old Tony out. I will tell you what, no, no flies on Tony. Well, no flies on Tony. So, oh, I bet I bet you southern idiots waste your money on. On ties made of polyester well, or silk, or silk. <laughs> what I'd like to do is I make mine out of old Christmas wrapping paper <laughs> because uh, it's cheerful. It, uh, Christmas is also my favourite time of the year, and uh, it saves wasting paper and also uh, saves me in the pocket having to pay out for one of these uh, textile-based nonsenses. So what you've put me in mind there, Chris, is you know these people who like do... There was one guy in the paper, he had, like, Christmas every day for, like, I don't know, yeah, 20 years he, or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, before his inevitable suicide. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just the most depressing thing I've ever heard. I don't know what this says more about him or about me, but... Um, on know. Christmas Day, he has a really normal day or something. No, <laughs> it's no, like... just... It supposedly enjoys Christmas so much, just has, you know, has done Christmas every day for... And they, was, they always end up in the paper. He always end up putting them in the paper every year. I mean, good right. luck, I suppose. But uh, I think you know, the thing is, when you don't have a, a turkey per- dinner every day, when you don't have a personality as such to speak yeah. of, but you want it, but you want some attention, yeah. you can always do something like that, or do like I've got, I've got the bike with the most bottle caps on it, or something. You know, just something that the reason why you can have the most of it is because no one else wants to do it, so you can get you can get a little bit of attention, can't you? Yeah, well, Very much I was, like us, us with this podcast. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> let's be honest, this podcast. <laughs> you say, like, oh, we're late, yeah, we're the only people that know that that's the case. Yeah, Nobody's there's a reason there why. on Thursday go, when's it coming? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, oh. like, I wanted to let the... Hours late. I wanted to let the listeners know, and in no way was it a way to spoof the stats to get extra listens at all. Oh, well, that, that kind of canny thinking will be... Uh, We'll be in the yeah, top one hundred any time within the next decade, I would imagine. We've we've flirted with the top hundred or been in the top hundred in a lot of countries now, but That's only true. briefly, only for like a well, day. I believe we were in the top twenty in the Pakistan's improv comedy podcast. We were number one. That tells us more about we're the number, number of one. yeah, the first for improv comedy yeah. podcasts in in Pakistan. But um, you know, we we did all right there for a bit. You know, we were we were booking off flights to Karachi, but then it tailed off. Yeah, we must have had a related um, unless you know, no disrespect to to any any uh, podcast coming. They've left us now, Neil. Don't worry about it. 
Well, it's we're a British church, and we always want to welcome back. Oh, well, there's people people from all over the world yeah, listen. We, we, there's um, one thing we do thoroughly enjoy is seeing people from all over the world listen to this. Yeah, random um, nonsense. But, you know, like we've said, um, you know, primarily America at the moment, and oh yeah, that's, you know. and that's why I'm constantly comfortable. We basically broke in America, haven't we? We did what Robbie Williams couldn't. I'd like to. I, you know. The Beatles, the Beatles big, in a lot of ways. The, Be- the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. And it took four of them. And we're bigger so we're than like the Beatles. we're like twice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're like... Twice as confession. So that means we're eight times Jesus, I think. Yeah, that's something how like that. Yeah, eight, eight yeah. times Jesus. Jesus to the power of eight, yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. Um, <laughs> probably uh, seeing as most, most listeners are American, we maybe shouldn't be saying this because they, they do like the... Let's not get on a rant about guns or we're really going to lose this but that's but you you sometimes are a bit unsure about me massively slandering companies, real people, dead or alive, that kind of thing on the podcast. But I think that I think in court we could very much argue that this is an American podcast because they get because that's the vast amount of our yeah. and their libel laws are very different. If you're a public figure. You've, that's that's true. why that's why all the American celebrities come, come to, to the London UK court to get people, yeah, so to, 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 to go after people. Um yeah. Um right, I've left my lighter over there. So Neil, you fill in. Okay, well this is this is a promising start to the podcast. So I don't even know what we're gonna be talking about this week. So this is going to be an extended period of talking, which we're probably going to cut out. How'd that was not that? a very entertaining segue. I, I kind of like froze like a rabbit in the headlights. And then... Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's difficult, isn't it? More difficult it, than you think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how's your laptop doing? Well, I did Because it it's... broke, didn't it? That was one of the reasons why we were late, that and my job hunt. Which it I wouldn't... Own. Yeah, it wouldn't... Uh... There's something weird going on with the battery. I think... I can't figure out whether it's on its last legs or... Because I, I sort of pop the charger in, and then it's sort of like, um, oh, I don't know. I think there might be something wrong with the battery. But basically, it's I had, I kept it in the charger in for like 24 hours, and then all of a sudden it popped back into life. Um, there's a couple of times it's done that. But, Maybe uh, you need to yeah. defrag the hard drive. Yeah, I don't think it's a fragmentation issue. It's It just literally Oh, really? Be. Don't really? Yeah. What is it then? I mean, you sound like you're throwing stuff back in my face. Yeah, but it's not. probably something to do with the power, the battery. Just doesn't seem to. That doesn't make sense. Shut doesn't up. Doesn't make sense at all. Shut <laughs> up. So uh, this week, um, I am. So I wanted to talk about because uh, we haven't been, we haven't recorded since the um, the Putin interview with uh, the haunted Frankfurter Tucker Carlson. Well, um, I've got an addendum friend. to that. It's just come out. I think today, God's Chris, greatest so journalist. We'll... Yeah. Yeah, so so Tucker Carlson, I think we can all agree he's dreadful. Um, But uh, so Putin came out with some interesting stuff. You know, he's clearly... We say interview, it's more like extended rant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, (laughs) I've not seen it laughing laughing because they were scared. Put the whole historical perspective against and then as soon yeah, as so the historical historical slagged him off as a weak journalist or something. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Because he's just a bully and that's all he can do. But he, um, but like the whole kind of argument seems to be that it's based on, he's he's basing everything on like where the, where the like boundary lines were around Europe in like 1350. Hmm. 
or something like that. And do you know what, right? What I'll we say is... We're going to have to be is... a little bit careful, otherwise Genghis Khan's... Um... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do it to... How about we do it 200 years before, where yeah. you were a, a tiny vassal state to the fucking Mongol Empire, you dick. Do you know what I mean? Have a fucking taste of that. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. they want nuclear weapons. Um, yeah, but they won't fire. <laughs> it's all, like, they'll go and try and fire one, and all the rivets have been, like, sold down the market or whatever by, by whoever's in charge of the base. Like, none of the shit works. Mind but, you, um, you want to be careful with our trident chain. I think we had a missile go skewiffy. Oh, dear. Yeah. Plenty more where will that come from. Plenty where will that come from. When Pyongyang Yang does it, then everyone's yeah. scared. We fire a missile into the sea, you know, and apparently laughing stock. Um, Although I will uh, notice, I think somebody's Peter has been put it out already. There's a yeah. lot of military scare stories all of a sudden coming out, and I believe there's a new round, you know, supposedly something to do with round of funding for the military. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah, not that's a coincidence. That all it's fair enough, like you expect it, don't you? It's yeah. just kind of... Oh, we, you know, run out of this and that and the other in two years, blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing is, right... Like, blame on that's the way it works. I'll, I'll come back to Putin in a minute. I'm, so I'm watching... Yeah. Uh, so I, I quite like... Like, it's kind of like TV on in the background like, while I'm, like, doing something on my laptop or whatever, you know, just kind of nonsense TV. I quite like the ones where it's like a garage, like, um, in America somewhere or sometimes Canada, and they go and, like, find a car in a field and it's like a shit. Like, it's just, like, fucked. The rusty um, but, as shit, and then they just yeah, like, completely and then, bring it back to life. Yeah, bring it back to life, make it amazing, and, and you know, kind of... Uh, it's not a Herbie scenario, it's just, when I say back to life, I mean, they get rid of the rust. Yeah, no, they actually bring it back to life. They um, yeah. they implant a soul. Comes a sentient being. Because Herbie's actually kind of horrifying, if you think about it, yeah. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. Um, like, like a lot of children's stories. Um... Yeah, so, so there's one so there's one which I'm watching at the moment. I think it's called like Iron Resurrection or something. Like it's it's good though, I enjoy it. And um when I'm not watching history too, then I'm watching yeah. stuff like that. That sort of stuff, um, that kind of thing though, I know, I do know what you mean. It is really I don't know why I find it compelling, but yeah, anyway, they take something um, you think there's nothing you can do with that. Like yeah, you see on YouTube using, sometimes there'll be like something that's rusted to fuck. And somebody yeah. just recreates the whole thing and repaints it and it so it looks as good as it's nice, isn't it? Because you think well it'd be nice. Yeah, be nice. Like you'd love to be able to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're a proper man, which we're not, then no. it'd be something. It'd be really good to do. But like, there's a guy on one of those. Two and seconds he... in, I'd be like, "Oh fuck this!" Yeah, sure. How much scrubbing? Just get a bus. There's a guy on that, and he's like, he's like amazing at upholsterer. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Oh yeah, like well, I kind of learned a lot of the skills. Like I was in the military for a bit, and so I was like an engineer, and I learned those skills. Then I came out, and then I focused on upholstery. And now, and I, and I was thinking, do you know what? Like, because obviously now in the UK we've got like you can fit our army inside like a soccer stadium, right? Because yeah. we've got no, yeah. Well, like, we don't keep a big stunning army. We never have, which I don't. Think but I think thing. the thing is, because because I always think, well, I don't like armies because I don't like war. But I do think that there's something to be said that people do learn a trade from it. Like you do come out of it with some skills. So like maybe maybe it's well, so, some, we some do, some don't. I mean, there's there's you know the problem is as well. The, a lot of people end up some, getting thrown out in their come, 30s and there's a massive amount of mental health issues and, and homelessness. Some people come out as holsterers, some people come out as murderers, yeah. whatever, you know, but... But I think when you look at the kind of the, you know, the amount of mental health issues and things like that, people coming out of the army, maybe... Well, it's good for him that he's managed to get those skills. If they're being sent to war and stuff, then... Yeah, yes, I mean, but... it's probably far more probable if you're actually, you know... Um, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I, look, it's yeah, kind of like oh, maybe we should, and all the rest of it. I don't know. But anyway, you're gonna, what are you going on about bringing back national service, Chris? Is that your point? Yeah, now I'm too old to yeah. be called up. Yes, I absolutely am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pull that um, ladder up. That's, exactly. I, I got mad. Learn it from, learn it from the boomers. <laughs> um, yeah, so if we did go back, to, so I'm not actually against going back to like 13, 10 European borders because it means Scotland yeah. could be independent. Yeah. That, and, that, and that's shut what down. What they like that? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it also, but it also means that England would get like big corner northwest France and also the um, the uh, Bordeaux region. So I'd be oh, moving yeah. there. I'd be yeah, off, nice wouldn't boys. you? Yeah, yeah. I'm off to Bordeaux. Tout de suite is what yeah. I'd say, and I'd uh, go down there. Everyone speak English. Beautiful. Coming even a bit more southern. Lovely. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and so, I think uh, technically they would have all been still speaking French, but uh, medieval French at that. Yeah, but not when we're back in charge now. They'll be outlawed. That's true. <laughs> if I hear a bonjour, they'll be up against the wall. Um, so also, the um, yeah, other thing right. which Putin was talking about is he was going on about how now in the West we've got the technology and maybe we already are creating like super soldiers because of like gene therapy or some shit. Like you're saying all kinds of quite yeah. interesting stuff. And so I was thinking, oh yeah, maybe like that, that's weird. I wonder if any country, that's happening. I wonder if any countries ever kind of tried to do anything like that before, because we often talk about the military trying to make animal human hybrids. And um, yeah, so it turns out that um, a country did try to create animal human hybrids. Like Soviet soldiers. Union, by any chance, Chris? Yeah, the artist formerly known as the Soviet Union might have done it. So I thought that um, as a little kind of uh, poo-poo Getting to, topical. to Vladimir, yeah. a bit topical, we'll have a little look at that. I know it's going to be a slightly shorter episode, but um, it's interesting anyway, because I always thought that it was either bollocks, right, or it was... I have cold, heard of this, and I have, yeah. The, Cold War paranoia kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? They like just made it up to kind of make the Russians look like monsters. But um, turns out there's a, more than a little truth in that. So. The the whole ethics of a lot of the original geneticists is so fucking shady. And I mean, like, the properly yeah, good scientific this, ones as well. A lot of it was, I think the, um, where this I went very to much, uni... This very much sits side by side with eugenics. Yeah, exactly. No, where, where I went to uni, this was like, the, the Jones, oh, here we go. Jones had come out. Was, Nuremberg. Um, <laughs> no, it was UCL actually, but it was um yeah. There's the I think it was a Russell Russell Institute, isn't it called or something? Um, hmm. Anyway, the bunch um, Russell. Uh, no, he's another chap. But um, Russell yeah, it used to be called the, the Centre for for Eugenics and Human Advancement or some crap like that. Anyway, the Eugenics was heavily prominent. Is that terms. what they, they, that they what? decided on a rebrand? And you left there. You didn't finish your doctorate, did you? Because you um, oh, that wasn't decided... my kind of doctorate. That was my undergraduate degree. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but all right. I thought that was where you did. I thought you'd pulled out because you found out they weren't actually doing eugenics. Though. Let's let's pretend that. If it's... Well, no, <laughs> yeah, I mean, none, none of none of it's like that anymore. But yeah, it's, I mean, just yeah, a lot of. The, well, I mean, the thing is, it's it's twenties and thirties are a weird time, man. I mean, even the likes of like Mary Stopes, the reason she was so keen on contraception for women was because she didn't yeah, want to, sure. um, you know, didn't want mm-hmm. uh, people she thought was genetically inferior to be able to breed. Yep. Apparently, she never yeah, forgave yeah. a brother the, um, for marrying Planned Yeah, the Planned Parenthood yeah, stuff. Yeah, they've got um, brilliant now, obviously. But yeah, um, they yeah, have a, like, so, like so many of our valuable Complex, institutions. You know, yeah, it's easy to reduce these things. Hey, man, the, the, lives, 
like despite what cultural historians say, life is not black and white. There's exactly. a lot of grey in there. And, and if you're too stupid to understand that, then stay in bed. I've tried my... that, but I've uh, got bed sores. Terrible <laughs> <laughs> bed sores. Yeah. And ended up no, um, rotting, rotting through the mattress. Talking of um, Putin, though, I'll tell you what's hmm. happened recently. Ooh. Have you seen? Here we go. What? Cutting right at the heart of the British. What? The bandits from fishing in their waters are going to impact on fish and chips, Chris. What? In the Russian <laughs> waters? We can't, so like the straight, we can't so there was a, a in, I think it was 54, there was, I'll see if I can look up the details. So the Bering signed straight, that, an agreement with Khrushchev. But that's literally on the other side of the world. I mean, well, and well, hang on a minute, just we'll come Unless to you that go, I suppose if you go over the top. Well, if you want to get you want to catch the best fish. Um <laughs> let's have a look. They've got a re- the, the Russians, like they've got a really weird thing. They could they think that the UK is still powerful. They like that, like well, it's all because of um, who the chap that got assassinated. I forget the um, it was a deal signed with the UK in 1956 by Khrushchev. Um, it's been axed because we've um, we put sanctions on six people in charge of the penal colony where Alexei Navalny Navalny died. Um, you know, died, died of natural causes, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he had a cough, he had a bad cough. I don't see the body. They showed they showed the body to the mum today, apparently. Who uh, who unfortunately fell out of the window. Definitely redacted. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, no, she's just a trailer. She she died of grief, unfortunately. Yeah. I couldn't take it, an old sicker, you know. We we did warn you, but you but you had to, you know, he's so good sanctimonious fucking westerners. Um (laughs) but yeah, no, so then he so um I just want to look at the parliamentary speaker for Russia. He said, the British need to study some proverbs. Russian harness the horse slowly, but ride it fast. And these are another good one. He told politicians that the unscrupulous British had eaten Russian fish for 68 years. Now it's time for them <laughs> to lose weight, get smarter. Um, and apparently... What, so are they calling us fat? Yeah. What? What did you say? Right, it's you a re- square go. Right, then they went on it. to lament Gorbachev and the loss of the Soviet right, Union. Right, we're giving all the football oh. hooligans their passport back, right? <laughs> sending, them, sending them into Russia. Oh, they'd love that. They would love it. And the yeah. thing is, like, because we banned all of our football hooligans for going to World Cups. Quite rightly, stuff, yeah. Quite rightly. But Russia actually encouraged theirs, their right-wing football hooligans. And so they were just like, they just ploughed through the streets, beating up families and stuff. Like, it's, it's a kind of like not... It's not very nice. Well, so no, I think... it isn't. And apparently, a lot of like a lot of them were quite influenced by what happened in Britain in the eighties, which is very sad. Because yeah, it's that whole football hooliganism thing was a stain on our. Yeah, know. no, it's well, not I mean, I say eighties. It went on until far, far too bloody late. It's still, I mean, there's still plenty of wankers, but yeah, but it's been it's... largely stamped out, hasn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, to, you, when you compare it with a lot of places, it's. Um... But anyway, yeah, apparently we haven't fished there for years and have no real plans to. So there's absolutely no material impact on our fish supplies. Right. Well, and to be honest, we do sell most of our fish supplies to China because it's more profitable. Like, which is one of that—that's what most of them do now. Uh, yeah. Billingsgate Market. Well, to be fair, if you're, uh, you know, if you're in the fishing trade, it's fucking hard trade, I would imagine. No, it's not. It's the easiest trade. What going out fishing on a fucking boat and trying to? You know, it's not right. Out. So, what are you doing when you're fishing? Right, you don't have to grow the fish. You don't have to look after the fish. You're just pulling shit out. Which costs nothing and selling it. It's the easiest, easiest gig in the world. 
And I won't hear any different. That's a, that's a huge fishy, fisherman support. Well, I, I stand by the great, great fishing British. fleet of Great Britain. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I don't. I don't slag I like yeah, it. I will slag them off. I say, I think, yeah. you know, far, and don't get me started on fucking farmers. Oh, no, I don't. Ugh, God. Sitting around in their combine harvesters, masturbating all day. You've only got, like, you've got, one season, you've got one season of sowing, you've got one season of fertilising, you've got one season where you have to harvest. What are you doing with the rest of the time? That's what I'm asking now. What's what I'm asking. working in an office. Yeah, exactly. You should start, you should do some temp yeah. work. Go fruit picking. Anyway, so uh, today's episode is brought to you oh, by, much that was. by yeah. Scientific American. Ooh. So I think that's I, I think that's reputable. Um, and I mean, we're what, verging on we're verging on to outside urban myth territory here, Chris. I know there has been sort of rumours about exactly what went on. Yeah. But... So this one is a little bit outside of the norm, but um, hey, but I mean, there, there, the, uh, there was all there was the uh, there was the myth of there being. Chimera soldiers, yeah, soldiers. human Z's and all of this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's kind of, but you know, t- it's yeah. a little bit topical. And you know, I thought it'd be an interesting. Sometimes one. you want to play fast and loose with the definitions. Yeah. yeah. Look, if we stuck to what we said we were going to do ever, then this podcast then we might doing, get somewhere in life doing quite well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is from a section called the Primate Diaries, Ooh. which is like the which is like the Princess Diaries, but with more sex. And it's <laughs> and a bit more uh, chip playing, presumably. No less. The, oh, actually, less. Yeah. oh, I forgot about that um, scat scene in Princess Diaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, Never. Yeah, no, I do. Yeah. Oh no, I was really scat man jump. Yeah, yes. yes. Uh, God Brothers, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that when I get off this uh, wretched call and make we myself... we finish up as quickly as possible so we can go... Chicken and mesh. Nice. What are you going to have to, I'm having chicken and mesh. What are you going to have for dinner? I don't know. I'm going to go out shopping after this, so I'll oh, really? what I fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, down a petrol station, is there. it? No, no, I might, I might go station. further afield. I might go down to Brighton Station. Get something. Go down Brighton Station? Yeah. What, to the to the budgeons? There's <laughs> Marks down there. There's Marks. There's Sainsbury's. There's a you're doing all right, aren't you? I'll just to let the listeners know because I know they're worried about my employment situation. I have three, count them, three interviews upcoming tomorrow and two on Monday. So I'll let you let you know. I get on. They are um, with three incredibly disparate industries uh, doing my business analysis. One is uh, for an airline industry. One is for an international education industry. And uh, one is for a hygiene industry. So it just shows you. It's not a bad line of work to get in because you can That's go and work skills. Yeah. So Scientific Ethics and Stalin's Ape Man Super Warriors by Eric Michael Johnson, November the 10th, 2011. Uh, author's note, the following originally appeared at Archie, whatever that is. So... The anti-Darwin industry amongst fundamental Christians is starting hot. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they're coming in straight out of the gate. Just... Here we go. Heading for the finish line. Uh, has produced thousands of pages of misinformation in their attempt to tar and feather the theory of evolution. I have responded to many of these false claims previously. <laughs> However... 
One assertion that is especially outlandish is, the Soviet, is that Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin was devoted to Darwinism and who funded a program to create an ape-man super-warrior in his goal for world domination. And might as well, mightn't you? If you're a dictator of all of those people that really care about life, yeah, give it a go. Doesn't matter, does it? Like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't his main thing, but you know, you, you've got you've got to, um, you've got to put a lot of irons in the fire, see what happens. Got to do, a, do yeah. a few moon, few moon moonshots, isn't it? But yeah, this is this is one of those kind of like you know, it's high reward scenarios. Yeah, you, you, you know, we'll give it a go if it pulls off. You know, pulls off. Then, you, brilliant. We're, tell you what, they've been on, on the me. battlefield. The Americans were in doing it two months later, so. As if they don't already have yeah. this. Do you know what I mean? The British trying have... to... <laughs> <laughs> to crossbreed a poodle and a fish. Trying to force girlfriend. someone from Norfolk to have sex with a, <laughs> with a chimp. <laughs> Go on. That's it, boy. Go ahead. <laughs> what We'll make up for lack of funding with fucking determination. <laughs> this is the British pluck. Uh that's actually oh, a side um, effect. They invented Viagra fifty years earlier. Thank you, mate. Thank you, great Viagra and Jacob with smog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, as uh, Creation Ministries, uh, a publisher of the Journal of Creation and advocate of a young Earth literal interpretation of the Bible, insisted in two thousand six. He's he's got a little bit of. Um, <laughs> He's got a bit of. Um, he's, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got some things to resolve, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were going to go on about humans' aids and so we just crack I think we'll get there, but first of all, as he's like every article, through, he, uh, he wants yeah, creationism he wants, town. wants to take down the creationists. So, uh, so uh, the Journal of uh, Journal of Creation insisted 2006. Soviet uh, Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin wanted to rebuild the Red Army. In the mid-1920s, with the Planet of the Apes-style troops by crossing humans with apes. Stalin is said to have told Ivanov, what the Planet of the Apes was about. I want a new, invincible human being, insensitive to pain, resistant and indifferent about the quality of food they eat. So, their only legitimate source for this claim comes from a 2002 paper in the Academic Journal of Science and Context, by the Russian historian of science, uh, Kirill Rozianov. Rozianov studied, followed the ill-fated attempt by the Russian psychologist Ilya Ivanov to crossbreed humans with anthropod apes. His research offers an important warning about the ethical abuses that can occur when proper standards are not enforced. Not washing your hands in that. But yeah, uh, again, with a lot of these kind of studies, there's been, you know. Historical mm. abuses and you know, Lord, I mean, there's plenty of that to go around for all countries, sadly. Yeah, and still now, probably. Uh, well, for, definitely. You know, but Orozianov's paper clearly demonstrates that creating super warriors had no part in Ivanov's work. The alleged quote from Stalin is not found in the paper, and there's no evidence that Stalin ever made such a statement. So maybe he wasn't so bad. One last, you know. <laughs> you know, like history's written by the victors, isn't it? That's maybe he was a yeah, maybe was a cuddly, cuddly uh, Georgian pussycat. <laughs> pussycat. It should come as no surprise, therefore. Is that a bit of a temper, Uncle Uncle Joe? Oh well, yeah. but they do, don't they? Yeah. You know, what was they the do afterwards? Oh, I massacred yeah, twenty thousand people. <laughs> oh, like, oh, you know. God, my te- I'm a slave to my temper. Oh. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, the red mist. Yeah, I get like. 
Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, you shouldn't well, have let me drink to get out, mate. Yeah. You shouldn't have let me drink whiskey. You know what I get like. Mm. I've got to stick to the body. <laughs> you know I love you, Gil. He said to, uh, I don't know, like <laughs> most of Russia, the creation ministry's uh, assertion has absolutely no foundation. So That's the back, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However. Why would the Soviets fund such a human chimp hybridization program in the first place? And what can be learned from this sordid tale of ethical misconduct is an important topic and fascinating in its own right. Ooh. Ivanov represents a scientist widely respected in his field. His dedication to find out if something could be done blinded him to ask whether it should be done. It also reminds us of the role that politicians can play in the development of scientific research, even if the scientists directly involved are not political themselves. No, I'll tell you what, Bill. Tell you what. Like I, I had like a really, I had a really hard time, right, a few years back because I was all for CERN, right? I was fully behind it, the Large Particle Accelerator. They were looking for the Higgs boson, the God particle, right? Mm -hmm. And we thought when they found that everything would change. There'd be hoverboards, there'd be plentiful food and everything. Oh, they found it, found it, and nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I was hanging all my hopes on the Higgs boson, Neil, and nothing's changed. Well, it's, it's allowed them to fill in a few more gaps about, you know, physics. Well, I thought was everything was going to change. Well, no, I don't think it was. I thought the world was going to change. I thought we'd have peace. It was called the God particle. Now that's only that only happens when uh can we call it blazing stallions or whatever they are write their record. Right, okay. Uh, wild stallions. Wild stallions, um, that's it. There's a, there's rumors, it's isn't there? There's con there's conspiracies that oh, there are several around CERN, isn't there? One that they created a black hole, one that um that knocked us <laughs> there's a good one. One that it knocked us into a different timeline, a worse timeline, which is why loads of sh why things have been really shit for a few years. Yeah, I think that's people not understanding, um, you know, how that luck happens. You know, I mean, probably it's look at who you're voting for and stuff. Do you know well, what that'd I mean? be good as well. <laughs> so, contrary to the claims of conservative Christians. Ilya Ivanov's interest in hybridization occurred long before the Russian Revolution of uh, 1917 and had little connection with Marxist ideology. Following his graduation in 1896 with the equivalent of a PhD in psychology, in psychology Does he Ivan have a yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I don't read so good. Study of the body, basically, yeah. Mm. Um, Ivanov conducted research in uh, bacteriology, well, Neil, yeah. at the Institut Pasteur in Paris. Uh, before, Pasteur. Yeah. Yeah, before working with the world famous physiologist Ivan Pavlov of the dogs. Yeah. Ivanov utilized the same surgical techniques to earn Pavlov a Nobel Prize and was, uh, was successful. Lee. <laughs> Able, I don't know what's wrong with me today. So just not having a job. Able to extract animal sex glands, so as to develop techniques of artificial insemination in purebred horses. Just give it a tug, and spunk their work. Yeah, there you go. Nice. 
Um, the research, well, I know that whenever I hear a bell, I, I, I ejaculate. <laughs> yeah, but who wouldn't? Mm. Ding, ding. Ooh. <laughs> Room for a little one. <laughs> um, so the research was... Fire alarms are embarrassing. <laughs> oh, dear, yeah. <laughs> Stop dear. it. That's why I was... Um, that's why I was fired from being a butler as well. Mind you, I probably should have gone for that fire one training. Well, you went there for the thrills, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the research was subsequently expanded to farm animals more generally, and Ivanov became the leading international figure in the study of artificial insemination. Ivanov's first mention of his idea for using artificial insemination to determine if a human-ape hybrid could be produced occurred at an Austrian zoology conference in 1910. There was no indications he had any plan to carry out such research at the time. However, seven years after the revolution in 1924, Ivanov was conducting experiments on sperm uh, disinfection at the Institut Pasteur, where he was offered the Institute's support for the hybridization scheme. They offered Ivanov free access to the animals at the Institute's recently organized chimpanzee factory in the village of Gindia, French Guyane, Guinea, but could not pay for any other operational travel expenses of the project. After several failed attempts to secure funding, Ivanov eventually received $10,000 from the Soviet Financial Commission, and his project was subsequently approved by the Soviet Academy of Science. Um, Ivan Pavlov of the dogs was a distinguished member of the Academy and was uh, present the day that the decision was made. So uh, like, have you ever seen any... Um, Black and white footage of the experiment of the dogs. It's the horrible. Dogs. Yeah, because mm. we had to cut a thing in their throat, didn't they, to get the saliva. saliva to dogs. collect they, the they, saliva. Yeah. Well, they were collecting the amount of saliva. Or, you know. Well, it was so you could do it scientifically to understand how much saliva. I think they, they punch one of the salivary glands and then they measured it in like a glass tube or something, didn't they? To see it's the horrible, mouth. isn't it? But yeah, I mean, it sort of feels unnecessary. Can you just put a straw in their mouth? Presumably not. They would have done that. It would have been easier to do. I don't know. They, these scientists, all scientists, are monsters, aren't they? Indeed. Um, it was certainly Ivanov's distinguished reputation that allowed the project to move forward. In his proposal to the Academy, he stated that he wanted to test various hypotheses that have been suggested in scientific literature. One such hypothesis was that of German scientists, uh-oh, Hans Friedenthal, whose analysis of blood cells in 1900 between chimpanzees, gorillas, orangutans, and humans showed that they were uh, seriologically far more similar than previously had been expected. As a result, Friedenthal proposed that anthropod reproductive cells could be similar enough to result in hybrids between humans and other apes. I mean, certainly at the DNA level, there's, I think it's only like a 3% difference between sort of... Mm. Um, but yeah, but that's actually quite an important 3%. That's quite, a lot, that's quite a lot of difference, because I think, you know, like, we're, we're very genetically similar to grass. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I mean, anyway, 
But uh, yeah, it's you're you're a hundred percent genetically similar to spiders, aren't you? Of course. Yes. Yeah, I am technically. Um, hmm. Yeah, technically a spider. spider. Yeah. <laughs> Got any powers? Um. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not worked out well for me. I can shoot no, webs out of somewhere, but I'm not going to. It's not. It's, it's more of an embarrassing medical condition. Right when the bells ring. Yeah, it's, um, not, it's not controlled. So, in the following two decades, medication. <laughs> I, was... I am. Oh, that's be chemically castrated, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the following two decades, other researchers. Uh, <laughs> Although this uh, Chinese textile magnet keeps asking me out for dates. <laughs> Will it never stop? <laughs> I mean, it's pure silk, to be fair. Mm. The pure silk. No. <laughs> highest, highest quality. Woof. Really thick as well, really thick, mm, strong yeah, silk. Meaty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, build a bridge out of it. Well, easily. I've seen you build a bridge out of it. What happened in Greece days in Greece? Um, in the following two decades, other research, <laughs> such as um, Dutch Marie, uh, Bernlo Moens, and the German sexologist, Hermann <laughs> Rolder, nice. test this prediction by inseminating chimpanzee females with human sperm. They haven't uh, said how they did this. However, their attempts never got beyond the the planning stage. And in the case of Moans, his research plans resulted in him being fired from his teaching position. Right, so we've seen what you've done with the the animal livestock and the turkey base, though. I'm not too impressed. (laughs) It's for science. Yeah. Like seeing the Ghostbusters when we're getting kicked out of the university. Can I help with that? I love my work. Yeah. <laughs> Do something you enjoy and never work a day in your life. That's what my father said. <clears throat> so, with his small budget and the use of Institut Pasteur's facility, Ivanov and his son travelled to French Guiana, Guinea, sorry, in Western Africa. I think I keep saying that because French Guiana has come up in the press recently because... Um, in France, unlike a lot of post-colonial countries that still got bits around the world, the their um, so like French Guiana, which is in north uh, north north bit of South America, mm-hmm. they actually have like an MP. They have representation in the in the House of Representatives in in France. In France. Okay, and what the right wing are trying to do in France because what happens apparently. Oh, this isn't in French Guiana. It's happening. This is happening in an island, but it's also uh, they're looking. They're talking about it in French Guiana as well. Um, what happens is that people from other countries will go into that country because uh, to have their kids, because then they'll be born French citizens. Oh, uh, okay. And so the right wing are trying to stop that people born in the French territories are considered French yeah, citizens. citizens. Yeah, yeah. But then that's like, yeah, but they've got representation, so. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so you can't read it, but yeah, I think it's the island. Oh, I, can't, I know that I know one. I know the island of Comoros, and so people from Comoros are going to this uh, this French because they voted 
massively to leave France, but they're going to the island next door, which voted to stay in France to have their kids, so they've got French citizenship on. So the right wing don't like it, unsurprisingly. Um, no, they don't like anything, really, do they? Oh, Jesus. God, guns, and greasy fries. Nice. Um, so he went to French Guinea and West Africa to carry out his artificial insemination experiments in March 1926. However, his research was hounded at every turn. The research station had only two veterinarians on staff, and Ivanov's presence resulted in outrage that he might report on that he might report on the atrocious conditions. Mm. Ivanov explained that so this is quotes. Ivanov explained that the hostility of the station staff arose from their fears that he would report back to Paris about the real problems at the facility. According to the documentation that he managed to see, about 700 chimpanzee had been bought from native hunters since the founding of the station in 1923, and more than half of them had died before they could be shipped to Paris for biomedical experiments. So, local hunters had kidnapped the chimpanzees from the wilds of infants and all were still juvenile when Ivanov arrived. Um, any animal lovers might want to not listen to all this, I guess. Um, but, I mean, we're yeah, aware it's, it's, it happened, yeah. didn't we? Uh, he only attempted to inseminate three females before being forced to abandon the project and drink some electrolytes the, um, as useless. Desperate to make use of his limited funding, Ivanov then made the horrific decision to attempt the insemination of African women with a chimpanzee sperm without their knowledge. Fucking hell. He made a proposal to doctors at a local hospital about his experiment and was ready to proceed when the general governor of French uh, Guinea, Paul Poiré, rejected the plan. Out of options of funding, Ivanov and his son soon decided to return home. By the tomb boarded their ship, they'd been in Africa for just over one month. So not not successful. Not a productive trip and, uh, yeah, well, more than likely one, but, yeah. Hmm. So Ivanov hoped to pursue his experiments again in Russia through the use of women volunteers, and he found at least one who was willing to, to, to participate. However... When word got out that Ivanov had attempted to inseminate African women without their consent, he was condemned by the Soviet Academy of Sciences and all support was eliminated. An investigation concluded that Ivanov's behaviour might undermine the trust of Africans in European researchers and doctors and make it problematic for any further expeditions of Russian scientists to Africa. Thereafter, the Academy did not want to deal with Ivanov and deprived him of any further support. Fair enough. Yeah. While some of his previous support was based in the political ideology at the time, there were strong political divisions that split scientific opinion on a range of issues, and Ivanov was caught in between. To some Marxists, it was hoped that a program of positive eugenics could lead to improvement in the population, similar to Marx's description of historical materialism. Researchers in this camp, such as Hermann Müller, hoped to use scientific techniques so parents' uh, thoughts to have good genetic backgrounds would have more children, a policy in sharp contrast to the negative eugenics later employed by the Nazis to emphasise sterilisation. Muller and other geneticists hoped that Ivanov's research could lead to a better understanding of what qualities to look for. However, other scientists rejected genetic research as bourgeois or imperialist advocated the inheritance of acquired characteristics 
which is commonly known as Lamarckism. Yeah. It was these researchers, led by the charismatic biologist Trofim Lyshenko, who had Stalin support at the time. He was still carrying on with Lamarckism in the, what, like the 40s or something? This would be late, late 20s. Not late 20s, okay. Still what is Lamarck? Lamarckism? So Lamarck was a, a French scientist who came out before Darwin, but basically he, he decided that it, you, you would inherit, so they would inherit physical characteristics. So if, if um, you know, uh, it, it was similar, but it didn't. So you've got to bear in mind, nobody knew what DNA was or anything like that at the time. So Darwin no. was the first to realise that it was it was through mutation and inheritance of some sort of, um, some something that came Favourable at the, gene. from a birth. Whereas he, he thought that the, like the parent, um, Lamarck, was, it, was, it, was, it was similar, but didn't have that principle. But uh, to get all day right. in years since I studied any of this stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't far off from where Darwin was, to be fair. I mean, but ah, oh, so yeah. close. But yeah, Darwin Kicking was himself. Some, some kind of inherited trait rather than just yeah. Mm. And it's because um, we passed that kind of conception. So, in a telling example of the political divisions Ivanov became caught up in, Cambridge histori- uh, historian Martin Richards describes how Muller. One of Ivanov's supporters sent a letter to Stalin advocating a positive eugenic program. However, the timing couldn't have been worse. Lysenko and his followers had warned Stalin that genetic research would lead to eugenics as well as fascism, and now Stalin was convinced. Well, it was like quite, quite, um, quite far-sighted there, really. Yeah. Muller was forced to flee Moscow for fear of being arrested, and days later received word that several of his colleagues were shot as enemies of the people. It was in this... <laughs> It was in this atmosphere that Ilya Ivanov met his end. After several additional attempts to receive support for his research without success, Ivanov was caught up in an ideological battle. One of his scientific enemies, Orest Nyman, accused him of sabotage by the Beastie Boys because some of his artificial insemination farm instruments had apparently malfunctioned. On December 13th, 1930, Ivanov was arrested by the secret police and convicted of having created a counter-revolutionary organisation amongst agricultural specialists and banished to Kazakhstan, where he died two years later. His main accuser took over his position as head of the lab. Beautiful. And you get your, you get your, your bunts, <laughs> your way up the ladder. So the history raises a number of troubling issues. The fact of the matter is that Ilya Ivanov cannot simply be dismissed as a rogue ideologue abusing science for dubious political purposes. Rather, he was an internationally respected leader in reproductive uh, physiology and the foremost expert at the time in artificial insemination of farm animals. His human-chimp hybridisation experiments came out of collaboration with other respected scientists with the direct assistance of the Institut Pasteur one of the leading scientific institutions in the world at the time. Furthermore, while there was apparently no overt racism in his research, his decision to inseminate African women without their knowledge or uh, consent can only be understood in the context of racist and sexist colonial attitude. Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Too much debate about that. While Ivanov doesn't seem to have had political motivation for his research, some of those involved in supporting his work certainly did. 
In this way, Ivanov's experiment was not only made possible because of a network of individuals and institutions with specific political ambitions, even though Ivanov himself wasn't directly involved with them. When we consider scientific experimentation today, where do we draw the line between sound research and ethical violations? In what way are funding decisions based on political considerations unrelated to the direct question a researcher hopes to answer? How does state power influence scientific research? And what relationship do scientists have with those on the receiving end of this power? Even though no one other than the scientists involved were ever hurt by this crossbreeding research, it nevertheless raises serious concerns. <laughs> While the question of the ape-man superwarrior myth can easily be discarded after examining the history, other questions are not quite so easy to dismiss. So, there you go. So, this research all took part in the 20s, though, did it? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that would have been... So, before all this, so it doesn't mention any of this in here, but before this, he previously... I've read another article, which I've looked at twice, and now it's asking me to sign up to read it again, and I'm... No, I'm yeah. not interested. I think it's a new scientist. Fucking grabby, grabby. Um, scientists for the people and Wu-Tang's for the babies. Um, but he previously, like, had some success breeding, like, oh, like a donkey with a zebra and stuff like that, you know, like some other... Well, you, he'd he'd, yeah, he'd done some other, other stuff. Yeah, and he's probably, you know, he might have been an important figure in kind of, like, part of the artificial insemination and stuff, because these things don't, you know such and such person invents them, but they always forget about the sort of many people who come before and done experiments that, that, that weren't quite successful, but still paved the way to an extent. But yeah, the, the thing is, you, I mean, you get these kind of like, um, you know, where people, you know, breed different species, but oh, that's the whole thing is that they can't, I mean, that's, the whole, that's kind of the definition of a species is that, you know, you can't, if it's in between can't species, breed with other species, you, know, yeah. you, could, you could give birth to something that's not viable, what they call viable offspring. So it's, mm. you know, it couldn't have offspring of its own. Like a, like like a, like a mule. mule. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Like a mule on a spinning wheel. So that would have been quite weird if, um, yeah, they had been able to, you know, but there you go. Um, yeah, I but think you put them. Suffice to say, ethical standards were somewhat lower in those days. But I'm so not he, sure how, how Uncle, Uncle Joe was involved. He, Starling King. Well, he funded it initially. All oh, the scientific community funded it, but he, yeah. he, he doesn't seem to, be to have been heavily, heavily involved in it. No, particularly. I mean, he, yeah, I mean it would um, have been, um, yeah, anyway. So, in, in popular fiction, uh, there was um, something called the Orango Opera. <laughs> um, uh, so his work was one of the sources of inspiration for the unfinished satirical opera Arango, whose prologue was sketched in 1932 by Dmitry uh, Shoshankovich with a libretto by uh, Aleski Tolstoy. Mm. Um, but it was later abandoned and discarded. Um, in relation to the other Tolstoy? I would think I think it's the same guy. It's Aleski Nikolaevsitch Tolstoy. Russian writer. Leo Tolstoy, I'm thinking of. Am I Alex oh, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, damn it, they're all called Tolstoy. Um so Russian a, is confusing, isn't it? So the the manuscript was found by Nikolaevich Tolstoy, apparently, anyway. Okay. Um I think yeah, quite a large family. 
the manuscript was found by Olga uh, Digonskaya, a, mus a Russian musicologist in the Glinka Museum, Moscow in 2004, and orchestrated by Gerald McBurney. This work was premiered on the 2nd of December 2011 in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles Philharmonic under Essa Pekka uh, Salonen, the conductor. So it got it got its out in, and it was also uh, dramatised, uh, it was also in a dramatised documentary television series called Dark Matters, Twisted But True, featuring uh, features in a segment of Ape Man Army where the theories are dramatised. I think that's about it, Neil. But before we go to our scoring system, I wanted to ask you something which um, I keep forgetting to about your um you had some meeting with the um with the the ro with your roasting thing, which um, you said you would get feedback on. So if you'd like to explain to the listeners what this is, we have mentioned it before, but um you're, don't know uh, why you're even vaguely interested, but um no well, I'm interested. You're Toastmasters. a Roastmaster, aren't you? No, Toastmaster, it's called. Toastmaster. It's not an, funnily enough, it's an American organisation. But yeah, no, mm. they do public speaking courses, so I run the the one that... Uh, so you you, you, work. you very much like um, a, a Soviet climber got to, managed to end up running it. I am technically the president. Nobody else could be bothered, is, is the long and short <laughs> of it. So I'm technically... It's, it's a very American <laughs> like that. So they have a president um, who's basically the person who runs a club. And do then, you have a special jacket? There's buttons, but I've never worn yeah. one. They, they, they can send you buttons. We've got a little uniform. Little president button. Have you, have you yeah. got it? Have you got it? I was vice president of education. No, I don't, I, I've never even seen it. We don't. But you it, need to make some. You're the president. Yeah, so, well, you're the commander in chief. Let's just say we're quite lax on a lot of that stuff, and, and I don't know right. they do all the physical stuff. It's more, it's moved more online now. It used to be they'd send you like paper manuals, and, and they had. Mm. I think there were some like little badges or something like that. Right. Um, toot toot. Yeah. So, um, so I've never, I've never seen it or received. You had a, and you had to go to a meeting on the weekend, which I was astounded. Yeah, by, nine uh, to twelve, something like that. It was just a, that hotel outside Brighton Station. Um, wasn't this when you were, you were trying to? Like, fall? Fold the organisation or something. Well, it, it carries on for another six months actually because we just got funding from HR. But um, yeah, oh, it, right. it's it's um, yeah, no, the, yeah, but it's yeah, it's public speaking training. So it was a, it was a bunch of kind of like how you run the club and uh, you know good things to do, how to plug it and all that. So it wasn't too bad actually. Did you get any in, get into any heated arguments? No, not really. Um, it, it was you know. Sorry, this is not. This is not. A, a no, I thought it was going to be better. Though. Like you said, because yeah. you mentioned it, and I said, "All oh, right, tell me about it." And you said, oh, "I'll mention it in the podcast." But, yeah. um, but actually, I know. I thought we were just going to talk I'm about it, it off off podcast. But um, but yeah. Uh, All right. Well, fair enough. Then, there ain't there um, ain't a lot to say to us. It, it was a few weeks back. I've forgotten most of it now. But yeah, they no, just did basically uh, did training training at a hotel on on public speaking. So there you go. Yeah, so you get um, it. Or how to run a public speaking club. Well, as you can, as listeners can infer for themselves from, you know, possibly years' worth of me twittering on, clearly it's mm. not having much of an effect. But um, do you think that, do you think that in I've front got of the an absolute audience, brass like if we did this live, do you think that you'd be fine? Oh, I'd be projecting, sir, and... Hello! Giving it all of the eye contact. And, and, yeah, well, you know, it's, hey, you know, 
these things. But it's good, like because it's good to get a bit of training. It could be nerve wracking getting up and speaking in front of people, can't it? So no, do you know what? In all seriousness, I've been doing it for a few years, and it is quite nice to see people who get very nervous actually um, having the chance to do things. God, but this isn't one of those wholesome podcasts which everyone goes on. Ugh, fuck's sake! Right, Neil, spookiness, go. Still pure as you know. Um, speaking of, I mean, yeah, there's a fair bit spooky on this. I think human animal hybrids, that's, um, and you know, rogue um, scientists who sound like they had quite a, um, ruined their legacy from, from um, having had a, a reasonable career. It's quite um, spooky. So, yeah, not, it's not spooky in the traditional sense, but uh, given that it actually happened and the, some of the creepy shit he tried to get up to, I'm going to give it an eight. An eight, lovely. Um, so, it, I sort of think if it wasn't him, someone would have done it, right? <laughs> like, I think, well, the thing is, none of it was successful, anyway, was it? It just sounded no. like it was a whole bunch of fails. Um, I mean, unsurprisingly, there was nothing viable. But I think it's more the you know the, I think the breaking the, I of think the ethical the, constraints. Yeah, I think the, the abuse of of I mean, but that was going on everywhere. But I think basically, if you think about kind of how. Um, fly by night oh, from an ethical point of view a lot of scientists have been over the years um then that yeah that's 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 fairly spooky um the kind of the kind of pursuit of your goal or the pursuit of your theory really um overriding other you know other human life is is madness and i think that um that that is quite scary so uh but nothing paranormal i'll give it a seven nil so uh believability all happened 10 now <laughs> yeah i mean it's yeah it's not, not really a myth is it it's a, you know it's all documented said 10 fair enough yeah i think yeah i mean like i'm not i'm not wrapping in that anyone actually has any ape super soldiers into this i'm just going just going with the story um narrative premise nil um, I mean, yeah, I suppose there is a bit here. I really wanted to get a massively high score, but um, it's made it's um, it's yeah. I mean, you've got the whole sort of I don't know. It's like a fucked up Captain America kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I mean, I don't. I just can't envisage what the end state. Although I think a lot of it. Well, it's like um, I don't think um, I don't think anyone was trying to necessarily create a load of you know human um, monkey super soldiers. I think it was more just an experiment to see whether they could be crossbreed. Well, it's and, like the, have you, you seen um, the I've seen all Red's Umbrella Academy? I have seen Umbrella Academy. Yeah, there is. A, so they've got they've got the monkey man, haven't they? They grafted his head onto among. Oh no, there no. was Pongo, the little chimp fellow as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, no, he was like he was like they. He was treat. You've given monkey genes. Well, there's number one. Oh, I can't remember what the what the the, the story yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's got like an, an ape's body, hasn't he? And he's super strong because of that. Human ape. When he went on the moon. Yeah, but that's more of a kind of like a Frankenstein's monster. Well, I don't know. I suppose yeah. Yeah, so but it's generally about having bad parents. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, I think that you know there's, but but the I mean the actual thing itself doesn't you know there's not really that much to to say to it. But there's you know there's there's the bones of kind of like um you know some yeah some kind of Frankenstein's monster style story here. If you actually you know if you've been successful in and the whole spurious stuff around you know super soldiers and all of that kind of stuff. But I mean. You know, actually, I think it was more just kind of like trying to, you know, attempting to see if they could crossbreed between different species and be successful. Um, don't know what the angle. And we not should we? Eh? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I'll give it a six. Six. 
Um, yeah, I mean, like got none of the apes out of it. Mm. Although um, that third or fourth Planet of the Apes movie where they were disco dancing, I'm not sure about that. What's in it? I can't even remember what it's called. But yeah, my Planet Uni had the box set on VHS. Right. And um, yeah, so the first one. Oh, what, the original ones? Yeah, first one was Charlton Heston. The second one was Charlton yeah. Heston bat- Battles a Load of Nuclear Freaks. That's Return to the Planet of the Apes, yeah. isn't it? The second one. And then by the third or fourth one, they've gone back to the 70s the, and they're disco they're dancing, disco. like celebrities. <laughs> which, <laughs> is where the, which is where the monkey brilliant. man of Delhi comes from. No, they go back in time. So what, what eventually happens oh, is... Right. They, so he takes the monkeys back in time. There are monkeys that get sent right. back in time through this, the Ion Storm or whatever. Yeah. Even though this is none of the original physics in the original movie. No. Go back to, um, to the 70s Earth, become yeah. celebrities... They they film them disco dancing the chimpanzees on the like club you know CBGBs yeah. or whatever or club what's it called club, Studio Seventy Four Studio Fifty Four Studio Fifty Four sorry yeah um, yeah and they're all it's all really silly, like massive collars and things like that and then the original story is I think that they have a sort of like they they then start um, breeding the intelligent get banging, get banging enslaving cocaine. them and then that's when they and then it becomes becomes like a self fulfilling cycle. Right, okay. The ones that got sent back from the future go into the past, they get enslaved by the humans and then end up having a rebellion and, and uh, you know, taking them out of the, the, planet the apes happened. And that's how it happened, Chris. It's cocaine fueled. It was all down It's absolutely zero sense if you think about it. It was all down to cocaine and earth, wind and fire. Yeah. Um, there you go. So, um, yeah. Like, anyway, dis- it... Disco dancing chimpanzees is an amusing Yeah, that's good. Image. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's just another it's another sort of tale of um dodgy dodgy science from the past. Um Yeah, I mean like it's I mean it, it you know it's all there it's a story. I don't I don't think it's particularly interesting to be honest. So I'm going to give it a four. And reach. So apparently this is quite well known of but but I I didn't know of it, and I, I was telling um, my mum about it because happy birthday, mum! It was her seventieth yesterday. Yes, um, I was telling her about best. it, and she she didn't know it had happened. So I don't think I know everyone knows that they actually try. I don't think this. it's commonly known, and I think I think it's common knowledge. There's there's a lot of silly rumours around, like you know, oh they had, no, no no they actually had like a half human half chimpanzee yeah. or half human half gorilla, but they, they but they they couldn't get them to fire the guns because of opposable thumbs or whatever. Yeah, animals used in war. That's another, but oh, that's not, again not really an urban myth, but uh, it's another. Yeah, a greased pigs thing that's happened. Um, so uh, yeah, so I don't think it's that that big a reach, but it's not it's not unknown. I'm going to give it four for each now. Yeah, I don't think reach is. I mean, it, it, kind of subtracting a little bit here as well because it's it's not you know not so much as an urban myth. So the, the, the story, it's but yeah, so there's a sort of spurious side of the story that's been you know it's like. Those things where they, you know, pretend like so much more had happened, but um, yeah, and I don't think it's terribly well known. Oh, there was that opera, I think, or whatever the, you mentioned. That so it's been in a bit of, but yeah, it's not Orango. Yeah, it, you, you kind of every so often you hear people talk about oh, there was, a, you know, didn't they try and you know breed sort of uh, human gorillas uh, or whatever? You know, some some hybrid species soldiers in there, and mm-hmm. they generally tend to assume that there was there was some degree of success. Yeah. And they normally think it was, to be honest, they normally think it was the Nazis as well. Because yes, and they, they were up to all sorts of dreadful shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a three because I think it's, yeah, not really, not really that oh, one. Well, that's, 
A nice high 52. I mean, Ooh. when they're real, they certainly come out a bit higher. Um, yeah, that, that um, the reality thing's sort of swung the bias there a bit, hasn't it? So if you are a human Z, then, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at herb.legends.podcast at gmail.com or you can Twitter us at Legends Urbane. We are there. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, sorry we're a bit late. Um, hopefully, I mean, it wasn't worth it, but, you know, it, we did get it out, so we fulfilled our promise. And um, I wish we hadn't bothered now, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, you know, there we go. There you go. Um, All life is suffering, listeners. <laughs> yeah. You'll die one day, don't worry. Um, but yeah, um, if you if you enjoy the podcast, like tell tell some if you got like if you enjoy podcasts and you know someone else who's like as odd as you, then um, please yeah. let them know. And um, if you want to leave, if you if you could leave a comment or star ratings or whatever, that'd be really nice. We have been doing this like well, two and a half get well, it'll be three years soon, and we we haven't had many ratings or comments. So it'd be really nice if you if if someone we could know do that. Our listeners. We don't we do know there are listeners or bots. So um that is possible, yeah. yeah. If you could take like two seconds out of your day to do that, that'd be really nice. It'd just give us a little boost. Um and God knows I need it, you know. Winter out Times work. are hard. Times are hard. Um but you know, you don't come here to listen to us complain oh, and, and, and beg and beg for uh beg for your validation. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we will be back next week. I can't remember what we're looking at next week, but um, it will be out on time. And hopefully you have a nice week. And take care and we'll see you soon. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's an urban legend. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. It's great. Oh, I'd give it my best. One more, please, John. Oh, it's Steve, you tell me. You owe me a monkey.